0: guys. Hope you're all doing really, really well. I'm really, really uh, very excited to bring you this topic today. We are talking all about the role that fathers play in empowering their daughters because I think we talk all the time about how women empower girls, but I think it's also really important to bring attention to the fact that our men, our fathers, play a really, really important role. And today, I'm bringing my cousin Gila, who is here. Let's see, bring her live, and we are going to chat about this very important topic. So, hi, hello. Girl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for hanging out
1: for, with me today. Of course. This is I've never done this before. So this is uh, I don't you, know how you do this every day. <laughs>
0: No, I actually never go live with other people. So this is kind of new to me too, but I'm just excited that I get to see your beautiful face. I get to (laughs) hang out with you and we get to talk about two of our favorite men in the world. Yeah. Right? So um, I'm just going to give a brief introduction. So Gila and I are first cousins. Our fathers are brothers. And we have had the great fortune of being raised by two Pretty amazing men who, who have, you know, in spite of the fact that they were immigrants and new to Canada when we moved there, didn't know the language, had, there was such a learning curve. They did everything that they could to bring us as much education, empowerment, yeah. uh, guidance as they could. And, and we we feel very fortunate. So today we wanted to talk about them, but also give all of you tools uh, and your men tools on how to bring that empowerment to our young girls. Because they play such an important role. And and so Gila, uh, do you want to give us like a little brief intro about yourself anything you want to share where you live what you do who you are
1: what what you'd (laughs) like to share so I live in Toronto as Melody said we are cousins we actually grew up down the street from each other which was amazing growing up Uh, we actually had the we had the influences from both men in our lives and I'm sure Melody feels the same way but her dad is literally my second dad And I think vice versa for my dad, for her. So, so growing up with those two influences really, really shaped me as a person. And I have to say me as a woman, which you don't always hear that, you know, you don't always hear that the dad was the one that was at least when we were growing up. Traditionally. Traditional, you know, traditional influences. You don't really hear that, that, you know, the dad was the one empowering the girl to do X, Y, and Z. So um, we were lucky. <laughs> we were we lucky. Were lucky.
0: We, we really were lucky. And, and I'm glad that we know it, right? We know yeah. it. Uh, I think that, you know, something that really came to mind for me when we were thinking about talking about this topic Uh, And in any relationship, this is a book that I really recommend. But there's a book called The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman. And in the book, he talks about how we love other people. Like we all have a different Mm -hmm. love language. We all choose to give love according to the love language that comes the most naturally to us. And what we sometimes forget is to understand what other people's love languages are, too. So, I mean, go get the book if you haven't gotten the book because it's amazing. But what the reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, there are so many ways of empowering, right? There are so many ways of empowering, but it's not a straight line. And we we want you all, whoever is watching, to be open to understanding that um, every every Man can bring his own level and degree of empowerment. And we mm-hmm. were raised by two men who happened to be brothers. They're night and day. They're completely different. Their values are the same, mm-hmm. but the way that they showed each of us love was completely different. And 100%. which is why we were so lucky to have our uncles living down the street because we were yeah. also being delivered that love in the way that we were getting it from our father. So I'd love to know from you, I mean, I think I already know what Amu. Amu means uncle in Farsi, by the way, and that's how we refer to uncle. Um, But I would love to know from
1: you what Amu's primary
0: love language was as you were growing up.
1: So definitely words of affirmation, hands down. Um, It was always a good job, you can do this you're great, you're a superstar, you got this, um, all the time. But he was also really big on physical touch. It was always a hug or a kiss when he saw us, when we were going to bed, whenever something happy happened, whenever something sad happened. He was very uh, affectionate in that sense. But I would say words of affirmation would probably trump that a little bit.
0: So words of affirmation, but also physical.
1: Also physical.
0: So, Gila and I collectively, we are six girls in our family. So, I, I, I'm from a family of three girls and one boy. Gila's from a family of three girls. So, we were all all six girls were raised by these two men. Now, what I'm wondering is your sisters and yourself. Like, how did you receive those languages of love? Like, were those the languages of love that you wanted? to, to be fueled by, or did you not understand them at a certain point? Like, how was that for you?
1: It's a bit of a tough question. I don't know if I could answer it on behalf of my sisters. Um, We all three of us also (laughs) talking about siblings that are night and day. We also all have the same values, but we are also very different in how we um, approach situations and um, feel and receive different things. Personally, for me, mm-hmm. because it started at such a young age, it's almost <laughs> as if my dad conditioned me to receive that kind of love, if that makes any sense. absolutely. Ever since a super young age, if I was ever questioning if I wanted to do something or run for a position on a board or I used to do French speaking competitions or just all of this kind of stuff... I was nervous as hell to do any of it. But ever since I was a kid, he was always like, why not? Of course, do it, go for it, make that speech, run for this, do that. And it got to a point where I got used to it. Mm -hmm. So he almost taught me how to receive those words of affirmation and believe it for myself, believe it within myself that, yeah, I could do it. To a point where even now, it's his voice that I hear whenever I'm, interviewing for a job or when I was applying for law school or anything that ever just scared me so much I just thought okay my dad would be saying just do it you don't know until you try like
0: it's I mean it's so beautiful and it's such a gift I think it's such a gift to share that with anyone who's watching because uh to know that you can condition that in your child from such a young yeah. age. And of course you were also receptive to it. So there's that yes. piece of the equation. Uh, but he was giving you these words of affirmation from from the day you were born. And mm-hmm. so that that became normal to you. That became yes. uh, and I love how you said it became your inner voice because that's everything like the way and we this goes for mothers and for fathers like the way that we speak to our children literally becomes their inner voice so it's yeah. so important to get super connected to what we're saying to them how we're saying it what the intention is behind the words that we're using now my father his love language is completely different than your father's love, love language not that like we always got hugs and kisses we did we did but his primary i would say was acts of service and acts of service is just showing people that you love them with the things that you do for them like my dad would go grocery shopping in our home which i loved by the way cuz cuz in like all of my friends homes it was all, always our mothers right and and my dad and he cook. yeah he would drive us places like if we had plans with friends he would drive us there he would yeah. drive us home i mean not of course, my mom did so very much. So none of this is to be overshadowed by how much my mom has done for us yeah. and how much your mom has done for us. But we're on the topic of our of our fathers. Um, so for sure, my dad was acts of service. And I find it so interesting because when I look at myself now, that's one of the primary ways I show love to my family is acts of service as well. So it's interesting how that gets handed down. Um, But also in my own life, I look at my husband, Nav, and Nav is all about the physical touch. That is like, (laughs) that is his love and in the most beautiful way. Because like like you said about Amu and how he conditioned you to expect certain things, Mm -hmm. like he was hugging and kissing the girls from such a young age, cuddling with them every night. They're 14 years old now and that's yeah. still cool. Like that's still Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. And if he wasn't cuddling with them every night there'd be a problem. So yeah. um so again just to like drive home that point that like there's there's no one way to empower your daughters but to really check in with the intention behind it like what is it that we are trying to Provide for our girls and asking yourself that and aligning whatever the action is with that intention. So, can you think of a time when you were like, and this is so on the fly, nothing we discussed, but I yeah. think that's where like the best stuff comes out. But can you think of a time when you were struggling in some way, right? As a young girl, or even recently, not that you're not young, but you know, what I'm <laughs> Uh, but uh, that that your dad uh, really gave you the kind of guidance that you needed to pull through and to grow through whatever you were dealing with
1: there were many times that that happened which i'm so fortunate to say that there were many times that happened um i have to say it was it was more of a recent Experience. Okay. Um, I recently graduated from law school, and yay! <laughs> and that was honestly the hardest time of my life. And I mean, it's all relative. I obviously know that there are so many harder things to deal with, but up until that point, I had not faced so much rejection and so much competition around me, and negativity and. My dad was the one that kept me grounded, which I really needed. And I was in a different city and calling him allowed me to kind of take the negativity away from myself that all of these things were like, why is this happening to me? And shift it to more of a, well, what can I do about it?
0: Mm, Like,
1: right. Like, what can I do about it? My dad is, is very much don't sit there and say, woe is me. You know, if if this is something that's really bothering you, then what can you do about it? And if you can't do anything about it, then why are you sitting there and... Wallowing. Wallowing, you know. <laughs> his his favorite thing is if you can't change something, then don't let it affect your mood and your life. Obviously, that's easier said than done. I mean, he's had many, many years of <laughs> of practicing yeah. that. But for me... I would just say throughout law school, a lot of the rejection that came along with it, um, that's how he would get me through that is he would just say, look, you know, you're doing the best you can. Um, is there something you can do to change this? Is there a way that you can take control of this situation and flip it? When I was doing the bar exams I didn't pass the first time that hit me really hard. And that's a big deal because you can't practice law without it. So it's like everything you have done until that point, you know, what was it for if at the end of the day, you can't even pass this one stupid exam. Um, And I remember I was bawling my eyes out (laughs) and he just sat there and he said, look, he said, it's happened already, you know, Be sad about it if you want to be sad about it. But at the end of the day, now you have to think, what am I going to do next? How am I going to move forward from this? Because you could sit here and you could wallow and you could cry for the next couple of months, but nothing's going to change. Whereas if you maybe wallow for a couple of days and then you pick yourself up and you say, let's study again, let's do this again. And, um, there's something he always says. He says, if, if you accept reality, 50% of the problem, I know he said this to you oh, yeah. say, I think it's 50% if I'm not misquoting him, 50% <laughs> of the problem is solved. So and funny. I didn't get that at first. I was like, what are you like, what are you even talking about? I, my life is over. What do you do? He was like, <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, accept it. You failed you got rejected whatever the case may be yeah now once you've accepted that that's 50% of that issue is right. gone the other 50% is where are you gonna go from here what are you gonna do he's totally right so, he's like
0: you're like what is in your zone of influence right like the yeah. past is the past there's nothing you could do yeah. this is where we're at okay like what are we, like he's a life coach? Like let's just we need to give him an <laughs> honorary <laughs> certification. He's totally a life he really coach. Is. But as you know, I had yeah. this conversation with him last week. He called and it's like like the sun sunshine in my day when I get home. <laughs> and we were talking about the pandemic and we were talking about how it's just like tough. It's really really yeah. tough. And he said to me, Melo June. <laughs> he yeah. calls me Melojun. June. <laughs> no, Melo June. <laughs> If we accept the reality of this pandemic, then then we are taking... He said something like 50% of the weight off of our shoulders. Just because we're like, this is what's up. This is what's real. Okay, now what? And I literally said that quote to one of my daughters this morning. She was having a hard time with something. And I said, honey, I don't think you've accepted the reality of the situation yet. Like, let's... You know, it was ringing in my ear because that we had spoken about it and he had said that. So I really love that. And that is a huge amount of empowerment for him to dish Mm -hmm. out to you because, you know, he, he's allowing you to really tune into your own inner power. And that's Mm -hmm. what he's been doing for you all along since you were a young girl telling you how powerful you are telling you, you've got this. And I feel like, like this is, this is the gift that fathers can give to their daughters. It's not mm-hmm. to say it so much that they create. And let me ask you this, because I think this is important. Without me even answering this, I'd love to know from you. Because, you know, I have 14-year-old girls right now. Nav and I shower them with affection and love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we ask ourselves, like, where is the balance? Like, like is it too much? Are we... Are we creating an expectation for them to always receive love from every relationship in their lives? Are we creating entitlement in our daughters by being so present and loving so hard? What do you think? Because you do come from a home where your dad loved you hard. So did that create entitlement? And if not, how did he balance that out?
1: It definitely created an expectation. Okay. Um, and not just with my relationships, but with my friends that I come to accept the words of affirmation from other people. Um, and then in my relationships, if I look back on past people that I've dated, those people really were very similar to my dad in the, ter- in terms of how they showed affection. So whether or not I would be actively looking for that in my life, I think because I had it, I grew up with the expectation, not really, maybe kind of the expectation that, that that's what, exactly. I, but yeah, that first of all, that that exists, which I love. I love that. I grew up with knowing that that was possible and seeing it with my parents, knowing that it was possible for a man to be like that with a woman. So that's the first thing. And then I, appreciate that now, um, looking back on it. Um, But it definitely does make it harder, because then you start seeking that out. Or if you're not getting it, you feel like something is missing, which goes back to the love languages that it's not necessarily that something is missing, but someone may just show love in a different way. Um, And the way that that was balanced out, I would say, was with my mom, so my mom was the one that balanced it out. There was no way my dad was gonna scale back on <laughs> there was no way. And there was no way that he would tell us to accept any less from anybody. He always told right. us, You gotta you gotta um you you need to be with someone who shows their emotions. Obviously he was so, biased. Right. So it would it would be my mom who balanced it out. And Just going back to what you were saying before, it's not a right or a wrong way of showing affection or of doing something. Um, My mom is like your dad. You know, when we were kids, her way of showing love to us was acts of service. Right. You know, she may not have, obviously, she loved and hugged and kissed us, and we knew she loved us, that it wasn't Mm -hmm. about that. But my dad was just on another level. So my mom, for her, it was her acts of service, making dinner every night, doing our laundry, taking us to school, picking us up from school, taking us to doctor's appointments. She did absolutely everything.
0: Right, right. Right?
1: And sometimes that's overlooked. You know, sometimes we don't see that as, as being a way of showing affection, but it very much is. And so that was a great balance that we had uh, growing up.
0: And that and that's really, you know, it you you hit on something so insightful because yeah.
1: because yeah,
0: like it's we come right back to the love languages, like in those yeah. relationships and and you know, in our home we I, I sent you the article about the love languages. Mm-hmm. This is like an activity we literally sat down and did for this very reason because because I we we wondered as parents, like Dina's crying. <laughs> sister my cousin my other cousin is on the line she's crying. Um, so it's an exercise we did because we wanted to balance out like all that yeah. all that uh, you know emotion and love. Mm-hmm. we also wanted them to know that there are different ways of communicating different ways of giving mm-hmm. different ways of receiving so we did this activity with them um, but you know what what can what do you think I mean like not that we have the answers but what what do you think parents can do? to make their kids understand these love languages. Like what, what can they do to make them understand that, that not everyone is going to greet them Mm -hmm. in the same way that they've been used to being acknowledged throughout their lives.
1: You know what? It's really hard. I'm not a mother, so I, I can only imagine how hard that is to try and have these conversations. But also at the age of 14, I didn't know how I wanted to receive love. I didn't even know how I get, gave love. So, really, I think that's something that they probably don't know right now either. And that's something that they're going to figure out. It's only something that I figured out recently.
0: <laughs> so, you know, like. But it also wasn't brought to your attention, right? Like, it, it also wasn't. It was the way that it yeah. was.
1: And it also that, wasn't.
0: And that was that. Exactly. And we're trying to create, like, some newness for the next generation yeah. where they can become more emotional yeah. and emotionally intelligent. And no, and of course their love language might be one language today and it might be different in 10 years,
1: yeah. but to just kind of stay in tune with that. And, and, and that's actually a really good point is that your love language can change yeah. over time. You yeah. know, going back to my mom, her love language is definitely still acts of service, but there's so much more of physical touch and words of affirmation. And I that may be something that came with age. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know, but it's that definitely changed over time too. My dad, um he he's really big on giving gifts. So I don't <laughs> oh. know if he was always like that, but that's a big thing now too. So yeah. it's almost like he hits all of them. <laughs> he all. Your dad
0: hits all of them. Your dad hits all
1: of them, but um It's funny, my sister Mona is actually the one, I think it was maybe four or five years ago, who introduced me to the love languages. There's a little test that you can take online. And she was just saying, this changed my life. You need to definitely... The the comments are great. Keep them coming.
0: If we're not acknowledging them, it's not because we're not seeing them. Keep them coming. (laughs)
1: Um, And she had said to me, you know, this changed my life. You really, you really need to do this test. And I made my friends do this test. You know, I, it, it, it just really changes the way that you you look at things, and if only I had known that when I was younger, if only i had I think that doing something like that with your daughters is an amazing idea, yeah. um, but I do think that maybe they don't know exactly for sure for sure it's just what they of, want right? like now.
0: like tuning them into a little yeah. bit of awareness, and I'm actually thinking as we're talking that maybe creating a workshop around love languages mm-hmm. could be amazing for young girls, and that's something that yes. are um So, so my dad, so we, we talked about how his love language was acts of service growing up and his has most definitely changed too. Uh, So, so let me, let me scale it back for a minute because my dad, uh, he also, he also made us feel as young girls, there's nothing that we couldn't do. There is nothing that we couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And he had a famous phrase, Gila, you want to say it with me? Impossible Impossible
1: is impossible.
0: (laughs) So like that was my first experience yeah. with the love of quotes. And my dad coined this quote, impossible is impossible. And that quote rings true for me every single day of my life. I think it rings true for my sisters, my cousins, um, and all of my friends. Like everyone who knows us knows that this is yeah. Robert's quote. Like they all know that this is Robert's quote. So um, so I, I want to acknowledge that for a second and how by sharing something like that with us so consistently, like literally on the regular, in every situation in our life, reminding us that that there is no such thing as impossible. Like anything you want to do, you could do it. You can find a way to do it. You could do your own version of it. Never feel like you can't um so so there was the acts of service of course there was sharing with us that impossible is impossible but his love language has evolved so much in that in his older age he's become much more um what's what's the one um affirma- words affirmation of, words of affirmation words of affirmation and now i hear i'm proud of you i'm proud of you like you know these are and it's so interesting how These things happen. So, just to touch on that idea that love languages do change and it's okay, like, because we're always growing and evolving, it doesn't mean that the love language we had previously was the wrong language. It just means that we are more open human beings and that as life happens, uh, we we grow with it. We we grow with it. We move with it. So I I love that piece, and I wanted to to really bring light to the quote "Impossible is impossible" because it's literally my mantra now. And like in my life, again, my mom and my dad as a unit, one hundred percent. But but the so much of the the motivation that I have and and the passion for what I do comes from him and comes from watching him and his, his ability to believe that he could push through anything. And our fathers really did like, we're not going to go into stories, but like they pushed through a lot in their lifetime to become the men that they are right now. So they've had their own personal evolutions in such big ways.
1: And I got to say that when you hear impossible is impossible and you know, their journey you yeah. really sit there and think, "Wow!" You, like that's that, true. No, what am I? Sometimes I say, "What am I complaining about?" Right. right. But you know what I mean. But it, it actually happens. Perspective. It puts things into perspective. It happened the other day. My dad had mentioned. He always tells the story about how he actually started working at the age of six, <laughs> selling lottery tickets. Yeah. And he'll he'll always tell that story, and he'll he'll go into how hard it was to make money and create a company and for it to be successful only to fall down and get back up again and lose it and start it over again and all of this stuff. And, and he brought that up the other day and I'm looking for a job. I've been looking for a while and then he brought it up the other day and I just sat there and I'm like, I am looking for a job, but in such a different situation than he is you know sure. like there's a home-cooked meal on the table every night there's a roof above my head you know me not having the job i want right now is not a determining factor in my survival yeah you know and i'm lucky for he that was, and i'm very I, blessed to yeah. have that but that wasn't the case for them so when he brings up these kinds of things or when your dad says impossible is impossible. It always brings me back to the fact that they really had to believe that they had to in order to get to where they are, and it almost makes us think, Well, if they could do that, For sure. well, we can definitely do this.
0: Oh, yeah, we take so much strength from their stories, crazy we take so much strength from their, yeah, per- even with this pandemic. You know, like mm-hmm. I look at this pandemic and I'm like, Yeah, it's hard. And this is Mm -hmm. not to, you know, to, to dismiss how challenging it has been and, and continues to be, but, you know, we're, we're looking at, at changes in, in our life. Like we're all looking Mm -hmm. at, like my day to day has changed as as a result of this pandemic. My life has changed as a result of this pandemic in so many ways but I do, I, I take it back to, I look at my parents and I look at how they left a country that was their mm-hmm. home and they didn't have language and in, in later years in their lives had to find jobs and, yeah. and, and help their family survive and, and give us the tools that we needed to, to survive. It, it was a lot and it puts it all into perspective like I've got this. I've got this. Impossible is impossible. We, we will figure this out and, it, and it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay.
1: And that uh, also, um, sorry, one more thing. No, that also makes me think about how culture and just generational differences, it was also really big for us growing up and that might not be the case for other people. So to think that these are the tools that we got considering that you know they came from the country that they came from and they're as traditional as they are and um you know I'm the third kid my dad is significantly older than me and yet he was still able to sit there and be open-minded and you know and your dad the same thing and, and push you to be great and do things and give you those tools when honestly I wouldn't expect that of them at that time. Sure. So that's also amazing.
0: It's just a testament to, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. You could be whatever you want to be. You Mm -hmm. can take on a new role at any point in your life. Like don't allow your past to define where you're going. Mm -hmm. It's, you just can't do that because if you do that, there is no growth. And like, we are all here on a growth journey, whether we admit it or not, like we are here to grow and be, stronger and better each and every day and so to to look at our fathers and to look at the decisions that they've made that have brought them to where they are and and we've been blessed to be a recipient of those decisions and of their example is is everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to pivot for a sec because I've really been tuning into um, I don't know if you've heard of the movement Man Enough started by Justin Baldoni and he's really trying to uh, to talk about how it 's okay to be a sensitive man, and in fact that 's like your superpower and that that you know that is the gift that we give our children, boys and girls to be a sensitive man to, me- to be a man who feels his emotions and doesn 't hide from his emotions. Um, And and I love how they call it man enough because, you know, like there are so many things out there, like if if a guy does something in a certain way, you're acting like a girl or man up or I mean, I could come up with a million and one different phrases that are said uh, to boys that stump their growth as as boys and men, which drives me absolutely crazy because just the same way we empower girls. We need to give tools to boys to be who they are and to not have to be that, like, traditional definition of a man, of, like, a strong man. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, a strong man is a – like, that sensitivity is your strength. And so, yes. so Nav, my husband, is a, a very sensitive man. Like, I thought I was a sensitive human and – Whoa. Like, you know, over the last 18 years, I've really learned so much from him uh, about that and about how that's his superpower. Like the reason he is who he is to us is Mm -hmm. because of that sensitivity. So where was I going with this, Gila? There's a reason I brought
1: this up. The movement. You wanted to pivot.
0: the The movement. Oh. So so we were sitting at the Thanksgiving table mm-hmm. just here in the U.S. It was Thanksgiving, and we went around the table. I was with my in-laws, and we were giving gratitude to my in-laws, to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, each of us at that table giving our gratitudes. And so I thanked my father-in-law because my father-in-law is all about physical touch, like love, hugs, you know, that that mm-hmm. kind of – That's how he shows his love, Uh, but also he's a sensitive man, and he gave that to Nav. He gave that to my husband, and I thanked him, and I said, I I thank you for, uh, as a Persian man, you know, there were many definitions of who you had to be and how you had to be, and I thanked him for giving my husband that sensitivity and allowing him to express himself and be who he is, which I thought was so beautiful and you know your your dad is an example of that as well like no matter what it was to be a traditional persian man uh he he chose his own definition and i think that that is beautiful and it's, well and
1: he also got that from his father from our grandfather our grandfather absolutely so he saw that growing up and yeah yeah, that's, that's he, he, he's the definition of that movement, too, because he just...
0: Totally. And he... Just be who you are. Like, just be for who sure. you are, man, yeah. woman. Like, you be who you yeah. are. Don't let the world tell you who to be. Like,
1: just own it. And he always says, show your emotions. Yeah. You know, he's because like, I... I'm not the most emotional person. And sometimes I explain to him, you know, dad, I I don't necessarily show it that way. And he's like, but if you don't, then people aren't going to know how you feel. And in many ways, (laughs) in many ways, that's true, you know, because a lot of people who don't know about love languages might really only see if I'm crying or I'm smiling or I'm hugging, you know, that as me being happy or sad or angry or whatever. So for him, he's always told me, show your emotions, you know, tell people that you love them, tell people that um, they're important to you, show them, show them. So he's really big on that, whether it's a girl or a guy, he's always, he's always big on that.
0: So amazing. So amazing. So, yeah, we're gonna, Gila and I will hang out for a couple more minutes. If anyone has questions or comments, I know you've all been so amazing with the comments. But I love the if comments. There's anything you, yeah, <laughs> if there's anything you want to share or you want to ask Gila or myself, We're going to hang out for a few more minutes, and I will ask you one final question, because I know I had a lot of my male friends reach out to me when they saw that this is what we're doing. Oh, there goes my phone, live video. It's all good. Um, (laughs) So I had a lot of my friends reach out to me and say, you know, I need this recording. Like, they're so interested, these young fathers, of how to show up for their daughters, how to bring empowerment to their daughters. And just kind of a, in light of our conversation, what would you say to those young fathers, having been a girl who was raised in a home with so much empowerment uh, from both your mom and from your dad in different ways, what what would be your message to them?
1: Um, my message would be you don't know how much of an impact you can make at such a young age by just telling people that it's okay mm-hmm. to show those emotions. It's a kind mm-hmm. of a long message, but you know, you, know, like, you, so you never realize your impact. Like the smallest things, my sister had just said, I always tell my boys it's okay to cry. The smallest thing of just telling your sons or daughters, it's okay to cry, it's okay, it's okay, it's fine. That Those are also words of affirmation, you know? Like sometimes you need that from a parent to feel like it's okay that you're not doing something wrong, um, that you're not weak. Unfortunately, yeah. it's a sign of weakness. So you really never know the impact you have. And I'm so happy that we can shed light on this for men because honestly, I don't think it's talked about enough that uh-huh. you know, fathers play a really, really huge role in, in their daughter's lives and shaping them into being strong, independent women. Another thing my father always said was be independent. He was like, "You, you can do it. You know, like you don't need me." There were so many times when I said, "Will you come with me to do this or come with me to do that?" and and he would say, "I'll come with you, but you're going to do it."
0: Love it. You know, me- it's
1: not that he couldn't do it. He was just like, "But you can do it." There's, there's literally, you don't, you don't need me there. But if you want me there for moral support, I'll be there. But <laughs> absolutely, you can do it. Absolutely, so, I love it. And
0: and I guess my message would be to to all the fathers and young fathers um we 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 gila and i understand the blessing of having been raised by by the men that we've been raised by and we give gratitude each and every day for that Mm -hmm. we know that that's not everybody's experience in the world i get emotional thinking about it but it's not it's a gift and so i want all the fathers watching to know that if that wasn't your experience in the world, if you weren't raised by an empowered man or an empowered woman, this is your opportunity. Like you don't, you don't have to be the way that you were raised. We learn a lot from people about how to be and how maybe not to be. Um, and and I know that a lot of people when they're thinking of making shifts and transforming in some way, they look at their past or they look at you know the generations before them and say like i can't do this look look what look how i was raised look at my example and my reminder is you actually you know have so much power in this present moment to do and be exactly who you want to be mm-hmm. and don't let any of that other stuff uh, determine that those actions that you are able to take and that you have the power to take today and that was also a very long minute answer but something <laughs> That I think is so important. Our yeah. power is in the present moment. And if we can just lean into that, mm-hmm. we can create the life and the relationships and the career and the, all the things that we want to, to create. Yeah. For so sure. I go back here. We've got some amazing comments. I don't even know how far <laughs> back to go. Uh, Debbie is saying, Debbie's my sister. And she says, actually crying is a sign of strength. Um, I think Corey asked a question. Let me go back here. Hey,
1: Gila, how do you empower your male friends to share that sensitivity is an attractive quality? Oh, I love that. Nice. That is a very good question.
0: Oh, it was a question.
1: Okay, answer. How do you empower your male friends? Uh, To be honest, the majority of my male friends are very sensitive people. Well, you. Now that I think about it, yeah. They are, they are pretty sensitive people. Um, And by sensitive, it's not only, you know, they, they cry at things or whatever. It's just the way that they will um, carry conversations with me or, you know, in person, if they'll speak about their lives, what affects them, how they feel. I have to say the majority of my guy friends are able to share those emotions and, Maybe that's you know a new generational thing that mm-hmm. they're knowing that they know that that's okay. Um, I love that so much. I
0: hope so, that As I, I mean, yeah. by having conversations like these ones, we we are holding space to create more yeah. of that, to create more of that. Yeah. Then a, did good, you?
1: Sorry, grow, sorry. Did you grow up with with um, guy friends that? Yeah, you know, my, my, my friends were so.
0: sensitive. I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, is this a Canadian thing? <laughs> you know, like, it's not. Of course it's not. But yes, my friends in Toronto were.
1: My, yeah. my, my friends were actually pretty sensitive. I um, can say even my, I don't know if you had Persian guy friends, but even my Persian guy friends were pretty sensitive, which you would think culturally they wouldn't yeah. be. I
0: don't know. I, I think it's one that I have to think about. It's yeah. one. to think about and a great a great question Uh, soraya is saying it's so beautiful hearing how your fathers have helped shape you in such a positive and loving way thank you Insta-foofy Gila's amazing mama thing. How we got so lucky to have you girls in our lives. So proud. I'm going to cry now. I know. We're equally as lucky. We are so lucky. And Susan says, I wish my father had known that, but it was different generation. And he learned from his father who was stoic and detached as well. Plus chronic sickness is tough. You know, Susan, thank you for sharing that. And I know you. I know you, Susan. So you are a perfect example of how we can... Uh, Use the present moment to lean into our personal power and create change. Um, Corey says, thanks, Gila. You seem like a great girl. (laughs) Corey, I think you seem like a great guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We are going to sign off. Gila, I adore you. Thank you for taking this time with me. I feel like we need to make this a regular thing. I would
1: love to.
0: But this was really. I'm honored that you
1: included me in this. This is amazing. Well, the
0: way that this began is I was doing a Facebook Live a few days ago and Gila was commenting and I was basically just talking to Gila. And I'm like, Gila, next time I think you need to come on live with me. And that's how it came to be. So uh, I'm thankful for you. I love you. you. Uh, Bring her live and we are going to chat about this very important topic. So, yes. Hi hello Maya. How are you? I'm
1: good. How are you? I'm
0: good. Thank you for hanging
1: out for, with me today. Of course this is I've never done this before so this is uh, I don't you, know how you do this every day.
0: <laughs> no, I actually never go live with other people so this is kind of new to me too but I I'm just excited that I get to see your beautiful face. I get to <laughs> hang out with you and we get to talk about two of our favorite men in the world. Yeah, right? Yeah, so I'm down. just going to give a brief introduction. So Gila and I are first cousins, our fathers are brothers, and we have had the great fortune of being raised by two pretty amazing men who who have, you know, in spite of the fact that they were immigrants and new to Canada when we moved there, didn't know the language, had, there was such a learning curve they did everything that they could to bring us as much education, empowerment, yeah. uh, guidance as they could, and and we we feel very fortunate. So today we wanted to talk about them, but also give all of you tools uh, and your men tools on how to bring that empowerment to our young girls because they play such an important role. And and so Gila, uh, do you want to give us like a little brief intro about? yourself, anything you want to share, where you live, what you do, who you are,
1: what what you'd (laughs) like to share? So I live in Toronto. As Melody said, we are cousins. We actually grew up down the street from each other, which was amazing growing up. Uh, We actually had the, we had the influences from both men in our lives. And I'm sure Melody feels the same way, but her dad is literally my second dad. And I think vice versa for my dad, for her. So, so growing up with those two influences really, really shaped me as a person. And I have to say me as a woman, which you don't always hear that, you know, you don't always hear that the dad was the one that was at least when we were growing up. Traditionally, traditional, you know, traditional influences. You don't really hear that, that, you know, the dad was the one empowering the girl to do X, Y, and Z. So um, we were lucky. <laughs> we were we lucky. Were lucky.
0: We, we really were lucky. And and I'm glad that we know it, right? We know it. Uh, I think that, you know, something that really came to mind for me when we were thinking about talking about this topic Uh, And in any relationship, this is a book that I really recommend. But there's a book called The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman. And in the book, he talks about how we love other people. Like we all have a different Mm -hmm. love language. We all choose to give love according to the love language that comes the most naturally to us. And what we sometimes forget is to understand what other people's love languages are, too. So, I mean, go get the book if you haven't gotten the book because it's amazing. But what the reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, there are so many ways of empowering, right? There are so many ways of empowering, but it's not a straight line. And we we want you all, whoever is watching, to be open to understanding that um, every every man can bring his own level and degree of empowerment and we mm-hmm. were raised by two men who happened to be brothers they're night and day they're completely different their values are the same mm-hmm. but the way that they showed each of us love was completely different and 100%. which is why we were so lucky to have our uncles living down the street because we were yeah. also being delivered that love in the way that we were getting it from our father. So I'd love to know from you, I mean, I think I already know what Amu, Amu means uncle in Farsi, by the way, yeah. and that's how we refer to uncle. Um, but I would love to know from
1: you what Amu's primary love language was as you were growing up. So definitely words of affirmation, hands down. Um, it was always a good job, you can do this, you're great, you're a superstar, you got this, Um, all the time. But he was also really big on physical touch. It was always a hug or a kiss when he saw us, when we were going to bed, whenever something happy happened, whenever something sad happened. He was very uh, affectionate in that sense. But I would say words of affirmation would probably trump that a little bit.
0: So words of affirmation, but also physical. also physical. So Gila and I collectively, we are six girls in our family. So I, I, I'm from a family of three girls and one boy. Gila's from a family of three girls. So we were all, all six girls were raised by these two men. Now, what I'm wondering is your sisters and yourself, like, how did you receive those languages of love? Like, were those the languages of love that you wanted to to be fueled by, or did you not understand them at a certain point? Like, how was that for you?
1: It's a bit of a tough question. I don't know if I could answer it on behalf of my sisters. Um, we, all three of us also, <coughs> talking about siblings that are night and day, we also all have the same values, but we are also very different in how we um, approach situations and um, feel sure. and receive different things. Personally, for me, mm-hmm. because it started at such a young age, it's almost <coughs> as if my dad conditioned me to receive that kind of love, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Ever since a super young age, if I was ever questioning if I wanted to do something or run for a position on a board or I used to do French speaking competitions or just all of this kind of stuff... I was nervous as hell to do any of it. But ever since I was a kid, he was always like, why not? Of course, do it. Go for it. Make that speech. Run for this. Do that. And it got to a point where I got used to it. Mm -hmm. So he almost taught me how to receive those words of affirmation and believe it for myself, believe it within myself that, yeah, I could do it to a point where even now it's his voice that I hear whenever I'm interviewing for a job or when I was applying for law school or anything that ever just scared me so much. I just thought, okay, my dad would be saying, just do it. You don't know until you try. I mean, it's so
0: beautiful and it's such a gift. I think it's such a gift to share that with anyone who's watching because uh to know that you can condition that in your child from such a young age. And of course, you were also receptive to it. So there's that piece of the equation. Uh, but he was giving you these words of affirmation from from the day you were born. And mm-hmm. so that, that became normal to you. That became, yes. uh, a, and I love how you said it, became your inner voice because that's everything. Like the way uh, we, this goes for mothers and for fathers, like the way that we speak to our children literally becomes their inner voice. So it's yeah. so important to get super connected to what we're saying to them, how we're saying it, what the intention is behind the words that we're using. Now, my father, his love language is completely different than your father's love, love language. Not that like we always got hugs and kisses. We did. We did but his primary i would say was acts of service and acts of service is just showing people that you love them with the things that you do for them like my dad would go grocery shopping in our home which i loved by the way cuz cuz in like all of my friends homes it was all, always our mothers right and and my and dad he would cook. <laughs> yeah he would drive us places like if we had plans with friends he would drive us there he yeah. would drive us home i mean not of course, my mom did so very much. So none of this is to be overshadowed by how much my mom has done for us yes. and how much your mom has done for us. But we're on the topic of our, of our fathers. Um, so for sure, my dad was acts of service. And I find it so interesting because when I look at myself now, that's one of the primary ways I show love to my family is acts of service as well. So it's interesting how that gets handed down. Um, But also in my own life, I look at my husband, Nav, and Nav is all about the physical touch. That is like, (laughs) that is his love and in the most beautiful way. Because like like you said about Amu and how he conditioned you to expect certain things, Mm. like he was hugging and kissing the girls from such a young age, cuddling with them every night. They're 14 years old now and that's still cool. Like that's still like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and if he wasn't cuddling with them every night there'd be a problem. So um so again just to like drive home that point that like there's there's no one way to empower your daughters but to really check in with the intention behind it like what is it that we are trying to Provide for our girls and asking yourself that and aligning whatever the action is with that intention. So, can you think of a time when you were like, and this is so on the fly, nothing we discussed, but I yeah. think that's where like the best stuff comes out. But can you think of a time when you were struggling in some way, right, as a young girl or even recently? Not that you're not young, but you know. <laughs> But like <laughs> that that your dad uh, really gave you the kind of guidance that you needed to pull through and to grow through whatever you were dealing with.
1: There were many times that that happened, which I'm so fortunate to say that there were many times yeah, that weird. happened. Yes. Um, I have to say it was it was more of a recent. Experience. Um, I recently graduated from law school, and yay! (laughs) And that was honestly the hardest time of my life. And I mean, it's all relative. I obviously know that there are so many harder things to deal with, but up until that point, I had not faced so much rejection and so much competition around me, and negativity and my dad was the one that kept me grounded which I really needed and I was in a different city and calling him allowed me to kind of take the negativity away from myself that all of being these things were like why is this happening to me and shift it to more of a well what can I do about it
0: Mm, like right
1: like what can I do about it my dad is, is very much don't sit there and say, woe is me. You know, <laughs> if if this is something that's really bothering you, then what can you do about it? And if you can't do anything about it, then why are you sitting there and... Wallowing. Wallowing, you know. <laughs> his his favorite thing is if you can't change something, then don't let it affect your mood and your life. Obviously, that's easier said than done. I mean, he's had many, many years of <laughs> of yeah. practicing that. But for me... I would just say throughout law school, a lot of the rejection that came along with it. um, That's how he would get me through that is he would just say, look, you know, you're doing the best you can. Um, Is there something you can do to change this? Is there a way that you can take control of this situation and flip it? When I was doing the bar exams, I didn't pass the first time that hit me really hard. And that's a big deal because you can't practice law without it. So it's like everything you've done until that point, you know, what was it for if at the end of the day, you can't even pass this one stupid exam. Um, And I remember I was bawling my eyes out (laughs) and he just sat there and he said, look, he said, it's happened already, you know, Be sad about it if you want to be sad about it. But at the end of the day, now you have to think, what am I going to do next? How am I going to move forward from this? Because you could sit here and you could wallow and you could cry for the next couple of months, but nothing's going to change. Whereas if you maybe wallow for a couple of days and then you pick yourself up and you say, let's study again, let's do this again. And um, there's something he always says. He says, if, if you accept reality, 50% of the problem. I know he said this to you. Oh, yeah. say, I think it's 50% if I'm not misquoting him. 50% <laughs> of the problem is solved. So and funny. I didn't get that at first. I was like, what are you, like, what are you even talking about? I, my life is over. What do you mean? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, he's like, accept it. You failed. You got rejected, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Now, once you've accepted that, that's 50% of that issue is gone. The other 50% is where are you going to go from here? What are you going to do? He's totally right.
0: You're like, what is in your zone of influence, right? Like the past is the past. There's nothing you could do. This is where we're at. Okay. Like, what do we, like he's a life coach like let's just we need to give him an honorary <laughs> certification he's totally a life really coach is. but as you know I had yeah. this conversation with him last week he called and it's like like the sun sunshine in my day when I get off. and we were talking about the pandemic and we were talking about how it's just like tough it's really really yeah. tough and he said to me Melo June." <laughs> he yeah. calls me Melojun June. No. He said, June. <laughs> If we accept the reality of this pandemic, then then we are taking... He said something like 50% of the weight off of our shoulders. Just because we're like, this is what's up. This is what's real. Okay, now what? And I literally said that quote to one of my daughters this morning. She was having a hard time with something. And I said, honey, I don't think you've accepted the reality of the situation yet. Like, let's... You know, it was ringing in my ear because that we had spoken about it and he had said that. So I really love that. And that is a huge amount of empowerment for him to dish Mm -hmm. out to you because, you know, he he's allowing you to really tune into your own inner power. And that's Mm -hmm. what he's been doing for you all along since you were a young girl telling you how powerful you are telling you, you've got this. And I feel like, like this is, This is the gift that fathers can give to their daughters. It's not Mm -hmm. to say it so much that they create. And let me ask you this, because I think this is important. Without me even answering this, I'd love to know from you. Because, you know, I have 14-year-old girls right now. Nav and I shower them with affection and love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we ask ourselves, like, where is the balance? Like, Like, is it too much? Are we... Are we creating an expectation for them to always receive love from every relationship in their lives? Are we creating entitlement in our daughters by being so present and loving so hard? What do you think? Because you do come from a home
1: where your dad
0: loved you hard. So did that create entitlement? And if not, how did he balance that out?
1: It definitely created an expectation. Okay um and not just with my relationships but with my friends that i come to accept the words of affirmation from other people um and then in my relationships if i look back on past people that i've dated those people really were very similar to my dad in the ter- in terms of how they showed affection so whether or not I would be actively looking for that in my life, I think because I had it, I grew up with the expectation, not really, maybe kind of the expectation that, that that's what, but yeah, that first of all, that that exists, which I love. I love that. I grew up with knowing that that was possible and seeing it with my parents, knowing that it was possible for a man to be like that with a woman. So that's the first thing. And then I, appreciate that now, um, looking back on it. Um, but it definitely does make it harder because then you start seeking that out. Or if you're not getting it, you feel like something is missing, which goes back to the love languages that it's not necessarily that something is missing, but someone may just show love in a different way. Um, and the way that that was balanced out, I would say was with my mom. So my mom was the one that balanced it out. There was no way my dad was going to scale back on. (laughs) There was no way. And there was no way that he would tell us to accept any less from anybody. He always told us, you gotta, you gotta, um, you you need to be with someone who shows their emotions. Obviously he was biased. Right. So it would, it would be my mom who balanced it out and, Just going back to what you were saying before, it's not a right or a wrong way of showing affection or of doing something. Um, My mom is like your dad. You know, when we were kids, her way of showing love to us was acts of service. Right. You know, she may not have, obviously she loved and hugged and kissed us and we knew she loved us, that it wasn't about that. But my dad was just on another level. So my mom, for her, it was her acts of service, making dinner every night, doing our laundry, taking us to school, picking us up from school, taking us to doctor's appointments. She did absolutely everything.
0: Right, right. Right.
1: And sometimes that's overlooked. You know, sometimes we don't see that as, as being a way of showing affection, but it very much is. And so that was a great balance that we had uh, growing up.
0: And that and that's really, you know, it, you you hit on something so insightful because yeah.
1: because yeah,
0: like it's we come right back to the love languages, like in those yeah. relationships and and you know, in our home we I, I sent you the article about the love languages. Mm-hmm. This is like an activity we literally sat down and did for this very reason, because because I we we wondered as parents, like Dina's crying. <laughs> Kila' sister my cousin my other cousin is on the line she's crying um, so it's an exercise we did because we wanted to balance out like all that yeah. all that uh, you know emotion and love mm-hmm. we also wanted them to know that there are different ways of communicating different ways of giving mm-hmm. different ways of receiving so we did this activity with them um, but you know what what can what do you think I mean like not that we have the answers but what what do you think parents can do? to make their kids understand yeah. these love languages. Like what, what can they do to make them understand that, that not everyone is going to greet them mm-hmm. in the same way that they've been used to being acknowledged throughout their
1: lives. You know what? It's really hard. I'm not a mother, so I I can only imagine how hard that is to try and have these conversations. But also at the age of 14, I didn't know how I wanted to receive love. I didn't even know how I gave love. So really, I think that's something that they probably don't know right now either. And that's something that they're going to figure out. It's only something that I figured out recently.
0: (laughs) So, you know, like... it also wasn't brought to your attention, right? It it also also, wasn't. It was the way that it was. It also wasn't. And that was that. And we're trying to create, like some newness for the next generation where they can become more emotional and emotionally intelligent. And no, and of course their love language might be one language today and it might be different in 10 years,
1: but to just kind of stay in tune with that. And, and, and that's actually a really good point is that your love language can change over time. You know, going back to my mom, her love language is definitely still acts of service, but there's so much more of physical touch and words of affirmation. And I, that may be something that came with age. I don't know, yeah. you know, but it's, that definitely changed over time too. My dad, um, he, he's really big on giving gifts. So I don't (laughs) know if he was always like that, but that's a big thing now too. So it's almost like he hits all of them.
0: (laughs) Your dad hits all (laughs) of
1: them. Your dad hits hits all of them. But, um, It's funny, my sister Mona is actually the one, I think it was maybe four or five years ago, who introduced me to the love languages. There's a little test that you can take online. And she was just saying, this changed my life. You need to definitely... The, we were the comments. The comments are great. Keep them coming. If
0: we're not acknowledging them, it's not because we're not seeing them. Keep them
1: coming. <laughs> um, and she had said to me, "You know, this changed my life. You really, you really need to do this test." And I made my friends do this test. You know, I it it just really changes the way that you you look at things. And if only I had known that when I was younger. If only I. I think that doing something like that with your daughters is an amazing idea. Yeah. Um, but I do think that maybe they don't know exactly for sure. For sure. It's just what kind of they like, want right like, now. like tuning them into
0: a little yeah. bit of awareness. And I'm actually thinking as we're talking that maybe creating a workshop around love languages mm-hmm. could be amazing for young girls. And that's something that yes. are, um, so, so my dad, so we, we talked about how his love language was acts of service growing up and his has most definitely changed too. Uh so, so, let me let me scale it back for a minute because my dad, uh, he also he also made us feel as young girls there is nothing that we couldn't do there is nothing that we couldn't do mm-hmm. and he had a famous phrase Gila you want to say it with me impossible,
1: impossible is impossible, impossible.
0: <laughs> so so like that was my first experience yeah. with the love of quotes and my dad coined this quote impossible is impossible and that quote, rings true for me every single day of my life. I think it rings true for my sisters, my cousins, um, and all of my friends. Like, everyone who knows us knows that this is Robert's quote. Like, they all know that this is Robert's quote. So um, so I, I want to acknowledge that for a second and how by sharing something like that with us so consistently, like literally on the regular In every situation in our life, reminding us that that there is no such thing as impossible. Like anything you want to do, you could do it. You can find a way to do it. You could do your own version of it. Never feel like you can't. So so there was the acts of service, of course. There was sharing with us that impossible is impossible. But his love language has evolved so much in that in his older age, he's become much more... um, what's, what's the one, um, affirmation words of affirmation. And now I hear, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like, you know, these are, and it's so interesting how these things happen. So just to touch on that idea that love languages Mm -hmm. do change and it's okay, like, because we're always growing and evolving. It doesn't mean that the love language we had previously was the wrong language, it just means that we are more open human beings, and that as life happens, uh, we we grow with it. We we grow with it. We move with it. So I, I love that piece, and I wanted to to really bring light to the quote "impossible is impossible" because it's literally my mantra now. And like in my life, again, my mom and my dad as a unit, one hundred percent. But but the so much of the the motivation that I have and and the passion for what I do comes from him and comes from watching him and his his ability to believe that he could push through anything. And our fathers yeah. really did. Like we're not going to go into mm-hmm. stories, but like they pushed through a lot in their lifetime to become the men that they are right now. So they've had their
1: own personal evolutions in such big ways. And I got to say that, when you hear impossible is impossible and you know their journey, you yeah. really sit there and think, wow, you, like, That's that, true. no, what am I, sometimes I say, what am I complaining about, right, right. but you know what I mean? But it, it actually happens into perspective. It puts things into perspective. It happened the other day. My dad had mentioned, he always tells the story about how he actually started working at the age of six selling lottery tickets and he'll, he'll always tell that story and he'll, he'll go into how hard it was to make money and create a company and for it to be successful only to fall down and get back up again and lose it and start it over again and all of this stuff. And, and he brought that up the other day. And I'm looking for a job. I've been looking for a while. And then he brought it up the other day and I just sat there and I'm like, I am looking for a job, but, in such a different situation than he is you know like there's a home-cooked meal on the table every night there's a roof above my head you know me not having the job I want right now is not a determining factor in my survival yeah you know and I'm lucky for that and I'm very blessed to have that but that wasn't the case for them so, when he brings up these kinds of things, or when your dad says impossible is impossible, it always brings me back to the fact that they really had to believe that. They had in to. In order to get to where they are. And it almost makes us think well, if they could do that, For sure. we can definitely do this.
0: Oh yeah, we take so much strength from their stories. It's we crazy. Take so much strength from their yeah. per- like, Even with this pandemic, you know, like mm-hmm. I look at this pandemic and I'm like, yeah, it's hard. And this is mm-hmm. not to you know to to dismiss how challenging it has been and and continues to be. Yeah. But you know we're looking at, at changes in, in our life. Like we're all looking Mm -hmm. at like my day to day has changed as as a result of this pandemic. My life has changed as a result of this pandemic in so many ways, but I do, I I take it back to, I look at my parents and I look at how they left a country that was their Mm -hmm. home and they didn't have language and in, in later years in their lives had to find jobs and, yeah. and and help their family survive and and give us the tools that we needed to to survive. It it was a lot and it puts it all into perspective like I've got this. I've got this. Impossible is <laughs> impossible. We we will figure this out and it, and it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay.
1: And that um, also um sorry, one more thing no, that also makes me think about how culture and just generational differences it was also really big for us growing up and that might not be the case for other people. So to think that these are the tools that we got considering that, you know, they came from the country that they came from and they're as traditional as they are. And, um, you know, I'm the third kid. My dad is significantly older than me and yet he was still able to sit there and be open-minded and, you know, And your dad, the same thing and and push you to be great and do things and give you those tools when honestly, I wouldn't expect that of them at that time. Sure. So that's also amazing. It's just a
0: testament to you know, you can be whoever you want to be. You could be whatever you want to be. You can take on a new role at any point in your life. Like, don't allow your past to define where you're going. Mm
1: -hmm. It's you just
0: can't do that. Because if you do that, there is no growth. And like we are all here on a growth journey, whether we admit it or not. Like we are here to grow and be stronger and better each and every day. And so to, to look at our fathers and to look at the decisions that they've made that have brought them to where they are, and and we've been blessed to be a recipient of those decisions and of their example is, is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to pivot for a sec because I've really been tuning into, um, I don't know if you've heard of the movement Man Enough, started by Justin Baldoni, and he's really trying to uh to talk about how it's okay to be a sensitive man and in fact that's like your superpower and that that you know that is the gift that we give our children, boys and girls, to be a sensitive man, to me to be a man who feels his emotions and doesn't mm-hmm. hide from his emotions. Um and, and I love how they call it man enough because you know like there are so many things out there like if if a guy does something in a certain way you're acting like a girl or man up or I mean I could come up with a million and one different phrases that are said uh to boys that stump their growth as as boys and men which drives me absolutely crazy because just the same way we empower girls we need to give tools to boys to be who they are and to not have to be that like traditional definition of a man of like a strong man, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, a strong man is a set like that. Sensitivity is your strength, and so yes. so Nav, my husband, is a, a very sensitive man. Like I thought I was a sensitive human, and whoa, like you know, over the last eighteen years, I've really learned so much from him uh, about that and about how that's his superpower. Like the reason he is who he is to us is mm-hmm. because of that sensitivity. So where was I going with this, Sheila? There's a reason I
1: brought this up. The movement.
0: Uh, you wanted to pivot. Well, the the <laughs> movement. Oh, so, so we were sitting at the Thanksgiving table mm-hmm. just here in, in the U S it was Thanksgiving and we went around the table. I was with my in-laws and we were giving gratitude to my in-laws, to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, each of us at that table giving our gratitudes. And so I thanked my father-in-law because my father-in-law is all about physical touch, like love, hugs, you know, that that mm. kind of, that's how he shows his love. Uh, but also he's a sensitive man. And he gave that to Nav. He gave that to my husband. And I thanked him. And I said, I, I thank you for... Uh, as a Persian man, you know, there were many definitions of who you had to be and how you had to be. And I thanked him for giving my husband that sensitivity and allowing him to express himself and be who he is, which I thought was so beautiful. And, you know, your your dad is an example of that as well. Like, no matter what it was to be a traditional Persian man, uh, he... he Chose his own definition, and I think that that is beautiful. And it's,
1: well, and he also got that from his father, from, our grandfather. from our grandfather, grandfather. So he saw that growing up, and yeah, yeah, that's, he he he's the definition of that movement too, because he just totally,
0: totally. and he just be who you it. are, like just be sure. you are man, yeah. woman, like. You be who you yeah. are. Don't let the world tell you who to be. Like,
1: just own it. And he always says, show your emotions. Yeah. You know, he's because like, I am not the most emotional person. And sometimes I explain to him, you know, dad, I, I don't necessarily show it that way. And he's like, but if you don't, then people aren't going to know how you feel. And that's in it. many ways, <laughs> in many ways, that's true, you know, because a lot of people who don't know about love languages, might really only see if I'm crying or I'm smiling or I'm hugging, you know, that as me being happy or sad or angry or whatever. So for him, he's always told me, show your emotions, you know, tell people that you love them, tell people that um, they're important to you, show them, show them. So he's really big on that. Whether it's a girl or a guy, he's always, he's always big on that.
0: So amazing. So amazing. So, yeah. We're going to, Gila and I will hang out for a couple more minutes. If anyone has questions or comments, I know you've all been so amazing with the comments. But I love the comments. Anything you, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything you want to share or you want to ask gila or myself we're going to hang out for a few more minutes and i will ask you one final question because i know i had a lot of my male friends reach out to me when they saw that this is what we're doing oh there goes my phone live video it's all good um (laughs) so i had a lot of my friends reach out to me and say you know i need this recording like they're so interested these young fathers of how to show up for their daughters, how to bring empowerment to their daughters, and just kind of a, in light of our conversation, what would you say to those young fathers, having been a girl who was raised in a home with so much empowerment uh, from both your mom and from your dad in different ways, what, what would be your message to them?
1: Um, my message would be, you don't know how much of an impact you can make at such a young age by just telling people that it's okay to show those emotions. It's a kind of a long message, but you know, you, you never realize your impact. Like the smallest things, and my sister had just said, I always tell my boys, it's okay to cry. The smallest thing of just telling your sons or daughters, it's okay to cry, it's okay, it's okay, it's, okay. it's fine. That those are also words of affirmation, you know, like sometimes you need that from a parent to feel like it's OK that you're not doing something wrong, um, that you're not weak. Unfortunately, yeah. it's a sign of weakness. So you really never know the impact you have. And I'm so happy that we can shed light on this for men, because honestly, I don't think it's talked about enough that, uh-huh. you know, fathers play a really, really huge role in in their daughter's lives and shaping them into being strong independent women. Another thing my father always said was be independent. He was like you you can do it, you know, like you don't need me. There were so many times when I said, will you come with me to do this or come with me to do that and and he would say I'll come with you, but you're going to do it.
0: Love it. You know, it's
1: not that he couldn't do it. He was just like, but you can do it. There's there's literally you don't you don't need me there but if you want me there for moral support i'll be there but absolutely you can do it absolutely i love it and
0: and i guess my message would be to to all the fathers and young fathers um we 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 Gila and I understand the blessing of having been raised by, by the men that we've been raised by. And we give gratitude each and every day for that. Mm -hmm. We know that that's not everybody's experience in the world. I get emotional thinking about it, but it's not, it's a gift. And so I want all the fathers watching to know that if that wasn't your experience in the world, if you weren't raised by an empowered man or an empowered woman, this is your opportunity. Like you don't, you don't have to be the way that you were raised we learn a lot from people about how to be and how maybe not to be um and and i know that a lot of people when they're thinking of making shifts and transforming in some way they look at their past or they look at you know the generations before them and say like i can't do this look look what Look how I was raised. Look at my example. And my reminder is you actually, you know, have so much power in this present moment to do and be exactly who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And don't let any of that other stuff uh, determine that those actions that you are able to take and that you have the power to take today. And that was also a very long winded answer, but something (laughs) that I think is so important. Our power is in the present moment. And if we can just lean into that, we can create the life and the relationships and the career and the, all the things that we want to, to create. Yeah. So go back here. We've got some amazing comments. I don't even know how far (laughs) to go. Uh, Debbie is saying, Debbie's my sister, and she says actually crying is a sign of strength. Um, I think Corey asked a question. Let me go back here. Hey, Just- Gila,
1: how do you empower your male friends to share that sensitivity is an attractive quality? Oh, I love that. Nice. That's a very good question. Oh, it was a question. Okay. Answer How do you empower your male friends? Uh, to be honest, the majority of my male friends are very sensitive people. Well, you now tra- that I think about it, yeah. Are. <laughs> they, are, they are pretty sensitive people. Um, and by sensitive, it's not only, you know, they, they cry at things or whatever. It's just the way that they will um, carry conversations with me or, you know, in person, if they'll speak about their lives, what affects them, how they feel. I have to say the majority of my guy friends are able to share those emotions and maybe that's, you know, a new generational thing that mm-hmm. they're knowing that they know that that's okay. Um, that's so much.
0: I hope so, As I I mean, yeah. by having conversations like these ones, we, we are holding space to create more, yeah. of that, to create more of that. Yeah. Did a, you
1: sorry. Grow, sorry. Did you grow up with, with, um, guy friends that yeah, you know, my, my were sensitive, or?
0: sensitive? I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, is this a Canadian thing? <laughs> you know, it's not. Of course it's not. But yes, my friends in Toronto
1: were. My, yeah. my, my friends were actually pretty sensitive. I um, can say even my I don't know if you had Persian guy friends, but even my Persian guy friends were pretty sensitive, which you would think culturally they wouldn't yeah. be.
0: I don't know, I, I think it's one that I have to think about. It's yeah. one that I have to think about and a great a great question. Yeah. Uh, Soraya is saying it's so beautiful hearing how your fathers have helped shape you in such a positive and loving way. Thank you. Insta poofy Gila's amazing mama thing. How we got so lucky to have you girls in our lives. So proud. I'm gonna cry now. I don't know. We're equally as lucky. We are so lucky. And Susan says, "I wish my father had known that, but it was different generation, and he learned from his father, who was stoic and detached as well. Plus, chronic sickness is tough, you know." Susan, thank you for sharing that. And I know you. I know you, Susan. So you are a perfect example of how yeah. we can. Uh, use the present moment to lean into our personal power and create change. Um, Corey says, thanks, Gila. You seem like a great girl. (laughs) Corey, I think you seem like a great guy. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, we are going to sign off. Gila, I adore you. Thank you for taking this time with me. I feel like we need to make this a regular thing. I
1: would love to.
0: But this was really. I'm honored that you
1: included me in this. This is amazing. Well, the
0: way that this began is I was doing a Facebook Live a few days ago, Mm -hmm. and Gila was commenting, and I was basically just talking to Gila. And I'm like, Gila, next time I think you need to come on live with me. And that's how it came to be. So uh, I'm thankful for you. I love you. you. Um, And thank you, everyone, for joining us.